Back in May, I was one of three women invited to speak at a mother-daughter retreat. The retreat had been canceled last year due to COVID-19. And this year, those planning the event wanted it to be special, a special time while also, while also acknowledging the impact of 2020. Matthew 11, 28, and 29 were our theme verses. Looking back on that event, we were all hoping that we had turned a corner, that this virus was definitely going to be a thing of the past. Even though we wore masks inside during the event, when we went outside, it felt like a normal spring day. Okay, whatever normal is now, we have no idea. I think that they were appropriate verses for all of us mothers and daughters. Somewhere in there, I believe we were all able to unclench our fists, stretch out our fingers, and reach for hope. After all, we had just been through an unprecedented year. How many times do we hear the word unprecedented? <laughs> Everybody was saying it. And we all needed to look forward and believe that everything was going to be okay. As we all know, the last few months have been interesting and unpredictable. The masks that we flung somewhere when we were told it was safe to be without them, we're now scrambling to find. One of mine I found recently had the oddest smell. It was like potato chips mixed with coffee, mixed with, I don't know, it was really gross. So, <laughs> time for washing. And in the midst of it all, the stinky masks and questions like, is this restaurant open? What does this mean? There's a variant. The kids are still going back to school, right? Right? <laughs> These verses kept coming to mind. And so I'll read it from the message version. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I believe these verses resonated with me, or resonate with me, and perhaps with you, because I am weary. I'll be honest. It has been some kind of season. The very thought of unforced rhythms of grace and living freely and lightly even now caused me to want to respond with a resounding yes to this invitation. As we look at these verses, there's a lot that precedes this invitation. When I when I look back on the verses in May, I don't think I fully grasped the full picture of it. It's like, again, something I'd sung on my life, uh, sort of this maybe warm, fuzzy feeling type verses, like, come and yeah, and it'll be fine. Um, but as time's gone on, they've come to mean more in a deeper way. At the beginning of chapter 11, we read John the, that John the Baptist is in prison, and he hears about Jesus and his deeds. He sends his disciples to find out if Jesus is the one who is to come. Jesus sends back this confirmation to John. Go back and report to John what you have heard and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. From there, Jesus gives what I think is the most glowing report of a friend, a colleague, a cousin that I have probably ever heard. He describes John's role as the one preparing the way and also the reality of John being rejected. We read that John is even referred to as a demon. 
So John was, John went through a lot. As the chapter continues, there's plenty of what I've been calling the woes. Woe to this city, woe to that city. Jesus just goes for it. He's calling out cities where miracles were performed and yet repentance did not take place. The verses that follow are about the Father being revealed to the Son. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you, have ple- what you were pleased to do. All things have been co- committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those whom the Son chooses to reveal. So up to now, we know John's part, and we know according to Scripture that John's circumstances did not change. He was imprisoned, and he was eventually beheaded. This was his path, and this as much as he loved the Lord and what he was called to do, his, his, Jesus, his cousin, what he was called to do, what he was called to, how he was called to prepare for him, the reality is the story um, is a, a very difficult story of, of his ending. We also know that this time the Father has tagged Jesus in, so to speak, and then now we receive an invitation. It's as if Jesus looks straight into the camera right at us. Reading our invitation again from the Amplified Bible this time, because it's just so good, here again is Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart. And you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. Many commentaries write about Matthew's gospel serving as a framework for most of our reconstruction of the life and ministry of Jesus. Matthew also depicts Jesus as a teacher, someone who wants to teach us and makes space for us to learn. He wants to impart wisdom to us. Matthew emphasizes our other aspects of Jesus in his ministry, but since we're focusing on verses 28 through 30, I wanna stay with the idea of him wanting to teach us, wanting to be with us, his presence with us. One of the New Testament scholars I read was written, um, commentary, sorry, I read was writ- written by several African American theologians and scholars. And the author's perspective on these verses was something I appreciated. First of all, this section, uh, this chapter in Matthew is called Jesus' Liberating Proclamation, which I just felt like, yeah, that, that sounds like um, African American author is just really just going for it and, and giving it the title of Liberating Proclamation. And the author, Michael Joseph Brown, writes that there is an appeal to accept Jesus' yoke in the place of the one they now bear. Yoke is a metaphor for what controls people as they make their way through life. Thus, this final statement made by Jesus in this section is one of invitation, not rejection. This invitation gives us access to Jesus. When I think of us taking his yoke, which is easy, I have a picture in my mind of someone with kindness and patience and maybe really good at long suffering, 
who very reassuringly is looking at us, looking at me, maybe even gently taking my face into his hands saying, look at me. I have not come to abolish the law, that matters. I've come to fulfill it. You're burned out on religion. Come to me, you are so tired. You're doing and you're working hard and it's heavy, it's too much. Try this on, it's much lighter. Because you know what? I do not want you to carry these burdens by yourself. Matter of fact, we got this. Can you see it? Can you see Jesus speaking these words to you, being present in this way? Because he loves you and wants to be with you. I've already mentioned that this past week I've been singing the song about these verses, a song that I've known since childhood, and I've got many childhood friends here who, who attend church now, and um, it's just such a good way to memorize scripture, just when you think of your, of your kids, if you can set it to music. I mean, there's so many verses I know just from uh, scripture being set to some music, and it's a gift. And interestingly enough, I've been singing it as a reassurance regarding someone who is part of my life, who I carried in my womb, who I carried in my arms, and who is way too big to be carried now. Many of you know my boy Grayson. I meant to get a picture, but I still can't figure out how to do <laughs> the slides on a, um, on a Mac Air. <laughs> so next time I preach, I'll have some pictures. He's about six foot, is somewhat solid, 300 pounds, somewhat because there's some, there's some jiggle room there. He, he became a teenager this year in January, and he is severely autistic. So for those of you who don't know him, imagine a really big toddler, like really big. <laughs> and he is one of the loves of my life. Well, this year has been a struggle. Whew. I've said more than once that he turned 13 in January and life got really, really hard. Like there were moments that were hard, as delightful as he is, but something about literally turning 13, I, it's like the hormones and the, and the chaos and, and, <laughs> and making life hard for mommy and others. Um, yes, a pandemic and our family moved and help. I lost my spot. Um, it's been, been trying to navigate the emotions, the hormones, the fits, his own confusion as to what's going on. So when I hear weary and rest in the same sentence, I am encouraged and I feel a strong sense of longing for those very things. And I want to settle myself in that place, in a relationship where rest can be found. As this week progressed, as I met with what felt like the whole school staff on Thursday, as he continues to act out and begin to, in, I began to entertain despair. I mean, like my body felt it. I don't know if you've ever been so distraught where your body just holds the grief, holds the despair. And these verses that I've been talking about, I don't know if God's timing is so good, <laughs> uh, and, and the song came to mind. So my good friend Debbie, who's somewhere here, um, I, was, I was asked by her, because she's so willing to help me shape my sermons, how did I get to a place of rest and even taking on a lighter yoke? Well, and, and, and how I answered this, because it really was true, is I had to believe that the school cares about him and wants the best for him. So whether he stays there or has something more intentional like a therapeutic school, I had to believe when my husband said, this is not all on me, 
because that's, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a strong woman, <laughs> a strong black woman getting it done, and it's like, Tiana, this isn't all on you, and I've, I've heard that more than once, but when my husband assures me it's not on you, we will figure out our son, what, what our son needs, and I had to believe that Jesus loves me and loves my family, and that this burden is not entirely on me to carry. And not that my son's a burden, but the reality of what he's going through, the reality of the season we're in. Can I tell you something? When I believed others' words to be true, when I dwelt on these verses, I did experience a lightness. Not a, it's all perfect, and your heart will never ache. It aches today. Not that, but it's going to be okay. Jesus is present to me, especially in the midst of an aching heart, an uncertain future. I look at my life, and maybe you can look at yours, and at the difficult circumstances we're facing, and they may not change. They may get worse. And mine, I think most likely they won't change. Yet we have the presence of each other as a family of, of Christ, we have friends and believers that are willing to walk with us. I'm sure all of us can maybe even look around this room and say, okay, my crew, my crew is here. Some, some of our crew is, is out doing a triathlon <laughs> and other adventurous things. Bless Pastor Dave. Um, uh, and we also have a quiet friend who promises his presence. And I say quiet not because he's not ever speaking to us, but quiet because he's just... He's just there, like he's just, he's, he's just there. And he doesn't have to be <laughs> loud and obnoxious like a lot of us. He's just there, promising his presence. He will walk with each one of us as we carry this load together with him. It's not all, all on us. For he says, I am humble, I am, gent sorry, I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul.